Chapter 32 Krishna Returns to the Gopis When Lord Krishna finally reappeared and assembled with the gopis, he looked very beautiful, just befitting a person with all kinds of opulences. In the Brahma Samhita, it is stated, Ananda Chinmaya Rasa Pratipavitabi. Krishna alone is not particularly beautiful, but when his energy, especially his pleasure energy, represented by Radharani, expands, he looks magnificent. The Mayavad conception of the perfection of the absolute truth without potency is due to insufficient knowledge. Actually, outside the exhibition of his different potencies, the absolute truth is not complete. Ananda Chinmaya Rasa means that his body is a transcendental form of eternal bliss and knowledge. Krishna is always surrounded by different potencies, and therefore he is perfect and beautiful. We understand from the Brahma Samhita and Skanda Purana that Krishna is always surrounded by many thousands of goddesses of fortune. The gopis are all goddesses of fortune, and Krishna took them hand in hand on the bank of the Jamuna. It is said in the Skanda Purana, that out of many thousands of gopis, 16,000 are prominent. Out of those 16,000 gopis, 108 gopis are especially prominent. And out of the 108 gopis, 8 gopis are still more prominent. Out of the 8 gopis, Radharani and Chandravali are prominent. And out of these 2 gopis, Radharani is the most prominent. When Krishna entered the forest on the banks of the Jamuna, the moonlight dissipated the surrounding darkness. Due to the season, flowers like Kunda and Kadamba were blooming, and a gentle breeze was carrying their aroma. Due to the aroma, the bees were also flying in the breeze, thinking that the aroma was honey. The gopis made a seat for Krishna by leveling the soft sand and placing their cloths over it. The gopis who were gathered there were mostly followers of the Vedas. In their previous births, during Lord Ramachandra's advent, they were Vedic scholars who desired the association of Lord Ramachandra in conjugal love. Ramachandra gave them the benediction that they would be present for the advent of Lord Krishna, and he would fulfill their desires. During Krishna's advent, the Vedic scholars took birth in the shape of gopis in Vrindavan. As young gopis, they got the association of Krishna in fulfillment of their previous birth's desire. The ultimate goal of their perfect desire was attained, and they were so joyous that they had nothing further to desire. This is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita. If one attains the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then he has no desire for anything. When the gopis had Krishna in their company, not only all their grief, but their lamenting in the absence of Krishna was relieved. They felt they had no desire to be fulfilled. Fully satisfied in the company of Krishna, they spread their cloths on the ground. These garments were made of fine linen 
and were smeared with the red kunkum, which decorated their breasts. With great care they spread a sitting place for Krishna. Krishna was their life and soul, and they created a very comfortable seat for him. Sitting on the seat amongst the gopis, Krishna became more beautiful. Great yogis like Lord Shiva, Lord Brahma, and even Lord Sesha and others always try to fix their attention upon Krishna in their heart. But here, the gopis actually saw Krishna seated before them on their cloths. In the society of the gopis, Krishna looked very beautiful. They were the most beautiful damsels within the three worlds, and they assembled together around Krishna. It may be asked herein how Krishna seated himself beside so many gopis, and yet sat alone. There is a significant word in this verse, Isvara. As it is stated in the Bhagavad Gita, Isvara Sarvabhutanam. Isvara refers to the Supreme Lord, as the Supersoul situated in everyone's heart. Krishna also manifested this potency of expansion as Paramatma in this gathering with the gopis. Krishna was sitting by the side of each gopi, unseen by the others. Krishna was so kind to the gopis that instead of sitting in their hearts to be appreciated in yogic meditation, he seated himself by their sides. By seating himself outside, he showed special favor to the gopis, who were the selected beauties of all creation. Having gotten their most beloved Lord, the gopis began to please him by moving their eyebrows and smiling, and also by suppressing their anger. Some of them took his lotus feet in their laps and began to massage him. And while smiling, they confidentially expressed their suppressed anger and said, Dear Krishna, we are ordinary women of Vrindavan, and we do not know much about Vedic knowledge, what is right and what is wrong. We therefore put a question to you, and since you are very learned, you can answer it properly. In dealings between lovers, we find that there are three classes of men. One class simply receives, another class reciprocates favorably, even if the lover is very contrary, and the third class neither acts contrary nor answers favorably in dealings of love. So out of these three classes, which do you prefer, or which do you call honest? In answer, Krishna said, My dear friends, persons who simply reciprocate the loving dealings of the other party are just like merchants. They give in loving affairs as much as they get from the other party. Practically, there is no question of love. It is simply business dealing, and it is self-interested or self-centered. Better, the second class of men, who love in spite of the opposite party's contrariness. Even those without a tinge of loving affairs are better than the merchants. Sincere love can be seen when the father or mother love their children in spite of their children's neglect. The third class neither reciprocates nor neglects. They can be further divided into two classes. One is the self-satisfied, 
who do not require anyone's love. They are called Atmarama, which means they are absorbed in the thought of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and so do not care whether one loves them or not. But another class of men are ungrateful men. They are called callous. The men in this group revolt against superior persons. For instance, a son, in spite of receiving all kinds of things from loving parents, may be callous and not reciprocate. Those in this class are generally known as Guru Druha, which mean they receive favors from the parents or the spiritual master, and yet neglect them. Krishna indirectly answered the questions of the gopis, even those questions which implied that Krishna did not properly receive their dealings. In answer, Krishna said that he, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is self-satisfied. He does not require anyone's love. But at the same time, he said that he is not ungrateful. My dear friends, Krishna continued, You might be aggrieved by my words or acts, but you must know that sometimes I do not reciprocate my devotees' dealings with me. It appears that my devotees are very much attached to me, but sometimes I do not reciprocate their feelings properly in order to increase their love for me more and more. If I can very easily be approached by them, they might think, Krishna is so easily attainable. So sometimes I do not respond. If a person has no money, but after some time accumulates some wealth and then loses it, he will think of the lost property 24 hours a day. Similarly, in order to increase the love of my devotees, sometimes I appear to be lost to them, and instead of forgetting me, they feel their loving sentiments for me increase. My dear friends, do not think for a moment that I have been dealing with you just like ordinary devotees. I know what you are. You have forsaken all kinds of social and religious obligations. You have given up all connection with your parents. Without caring for social convention and religious obligations, you have come to me and loved me, and I am so much obliged to you that I cannot treat you as ordinary devotees. Do not think that I was away from you. I was near to you. I was simply seeing how much you were anxious for me in my absence. So please do not try to find fault with me. Because you consider me so dear to you, kindly excuse me if I have done anything wrong. I cannot repay your continual love for me, even throughout the lifetime of the demigods in the heavenly planets. It is impossible to repay you or show you gratitude for your love. Therefore, please, be satisfied by your own pious activities. You have displayed exemplary attraction for me, overcoming the greatest difficulties arising from family connections. Please be satisfied with your highly exemplary character, for it is not possible for me to repay your debt. The exemplary character of devotional service manifested by the devotees of Vrindavan is the purest type of devotion. It is enjoined in the authoritative Shastra that devotional service must be ahaituki and aprihata. 
This means that devotional service to Krishna cannot be checked by political or religious convention. The stage of devotional service is always transcendental. The gopis particularly showed pure devotional service toward Krishna, so much so that Krishna himself remained indebted to them. Lord Chaitanya thus said that the devotional service manifested by the gopis in Vrindavan excelled all other methods of approaching the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport of the 32nd chapter of Krishna. Krishna returns to the gopis.